My name is Doug. Hey, how are you, man? Good to see you. Uh, it's funny for me because if you don't know, which most of you don't, I was expelled from public school my junior year, so it's great to be here in school. Kind of full circle for me right now, so it's all good. Uh, I'm a pastor of the movement. We're a multi-site church in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, we approximately see about 1,300 people a weekend at, our, at any one of our campuses, and we were at a point where even though our numbers were there, our giving looked like we were about a church of 400. And we just were not doing financially well. So we had all these bodies and very little giving. And I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do about it. And so we began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us a strategy that would work, not just for us, but also future. And we feel like he gave it to us. And so for the last two years, we've been doing this strategy. And our giving has increased over a million dollars just by doing what we're talking to you about today. So these numbers are irrelevant because your numbers are where they are. The challenge for you, though, is to get behind a culture that makes sense, that you can feel convicted about holding true to, and to help teach your people. Because ultimately, if we're going to get really honest here, people are going to leave our church. It's inevitable. The challenge that I have or a thought that I have for you is, what type of parishioner are you giving to another church eventually? Are you giving someone who's serve-minded and giving-oriented, or are you giving a consumer to another church? And so my challenge for you is to build church people that you're comfortable giving, that when another church hears they're coming from you, they're excited that they got somebody from your culture. I know there are certain people that come from other churches in my area that say, hey, we're from this church. And I immediately go, whew, I wish you'd go to another church. Because I know what I'm getting when you get a transfer. But my prayer is, are we really pastoring people? Are we pacifying people? And giving is a touchy subject. People don't like talking about their giving. The problem is, if I'm called a pastor, i got to pastor through tough stuff, not just the fun stuff. Right? Let's pray. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would just open up our hearts and our mind. God, would you speak to us? God, allow us to have courage to do tough things, even if it means there are going to be some people that their feathers are ruffled. God, we don't want to do it to ruffle feathers. We want to do it to resource your kingdom so it continue to grow and flourish in our community. God, let us do that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of us have Netflix? Can you just wave your hand at me? Who has a Netflix account? Hulu, Amazon Prime, any online streaming, slaying, anything. Anybody send a check to Netflix? Anybody get a bill in a month and they send it? Netflix won't even let you pay without a credit card. In church, my fear for us is that we're afraid of credit cards. We're afraid of the taboo. We're afraid of being labeled an ATM machine. We're afraid people are going to call us money-oriented because we engage in this type of commerce. The challenge I have for you to begin to think about is it's not that this is what's coming up. This is already normal in the world. And the church often is the last one to get on the bus. We have people that still write checks. We have people that give in cash. But I will tell you, 60% of my million dollars a year we do comes in automatically, set it and forget it, about $600,000 a year. They are not even text to giving it. They are not making a decision in service to give. It is preset, preset up. They determine it within their heart. They set it, and then we coach them through how to not get weary when money gets tight. Because money will get tight. We are teaching them this is the healthiest way to make sure that if you go on vacation, your giving doesn't go on vacation. 
It's the healthiest way to say, hey, if you get something going on, continue to be a generous giver because you believe in the mission and the vision. I don't know if you're like me, but not everyone in my church comes to church every single weekend. I have a lot of people who just come. In the summer, attendance is cut. When it snows, anyone deal with some snow days? Attendance is cut. The danger is that if you don't build this type of set and forget it culture, you are constantly living on the edge of, I hope Sunday morning brings in the money that we need to operate. I have a business mentor. His name is Chip Treblecock. He owns a pallet company called Millwood. They approximately do $120 million a year in pallets. He told me, church is the silliest business he's ever seen in his life. We expect for one hour, one day, to be open to actually make things work. And all our money has to come in to operate for everyone to do what they do throughout the week. And it began me to make really think two years ago when we were hitting a wall. Financially, we were not where we needed to be. I said, God, help us get a strategy to teach people. Not just, I came from a very heavy Pentecostal culture where the offering was a 30-minute offering to get it. And I said, Lord, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to every week emotionally tug people to give. I want to teach people to strategically know how to give to your kingdom, to resource it for their blessing in their life, and so that we can operate with a level of sanity. Not one month we're at 40000 month next month we're at 80000 I can't live in these swings. We've got now, it's great to have reserves. I get all that, and we have that. But I want to be able to say, let's build payroll and property costs at the level of recurring giving. And everything on the weekend is money to advance the kingdom of God. So we're not sweating what comes in. If we forget to take an offering, he don't care. If we choose to give the offering away, which we've done when Hurricane Henry hit, uh, Harvey hit, we said, hey, all campuses, whatever comes in live, we are giving it away today to Hurricane Harvey. $17,000. Ball. It's more than I was just going to give out a mission budget. Because we knew payroll and properties is taken care of. Because we've disciplined ourselves to live in that number of recurring giving. So, once I got the revelation, we need to not just make it an option. We need to make it the option. We need to make it, this is what we actually want you to do. It's, it's nice if you text to give. It's nice if you bring in a check. And I get, we're going to lose percentages. But I'm telling you, you're missing money. By thinking, oh, well, I don't want to lose the percentage because of check. I'm going to lose two and a half percent. No, you're going to leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table for God's kingdom. You're not, you're, it's like businesses that say, we don't, we're cash-only businesses. Well, anybody under 40 is going to go, oh, do you have any cash on you? Because it's not the way that the world works anymore. And for church, if we're so slow to get to this, the problem is not that I, some of your church folk, they're not going to like this. But if your only mission is church folk, I'm sorry, but this is not the right session for you to be in. Because what I look at is there's a whole big world out there that needs Jesus. And what's funny is the people that are new to Jesus that go through our process to get on this, don't question it whatsoever. It totally makes sense to their life. It's the church folk that go, well, wait a minute. You want me to set up an automated giving? Like, I like to worship and give my money when I worship. You ever hear that before? Man, if you need money to work, you need your money to worship? I just... I need to be obedient to God and give unto him. And in that, I worship because I know that I'm trusting God with what I have. So, listen, this is not like a really, like, this is confrontational in some ways. Because you're addressing to people, hey, what are you worshiping in this moment? And we're asking you to make a conscious decision like a mature adult can. 
And we deal with everybody from contractors who say, I can make 100000 or a $1 million this year. Outside salesmen. Oh, I don't know what my money is every year. We navigate these things. Because the truth is, if you are not going to be committed, we want this committed church and committed staff, but we need you to also be a committed member to what we're doing here. So that we can, as we do this thing, have the confidence that we can do. I want to tell you right now, banks lose their mind with joy when we show them how much automated money comes in every month. We go, this is just happening if we do a service or not. Wow. Yeah, it's like 60% of our budget. Our goal is to get to 80% this year. We're working towards that. And we have a clear system on how people do that. And so I drew this on the board right here, this, this makeshift ladder, because I'm such a great artist. And we teach people three times a year from the platform. This It's a ladder. We call it the giving ladder. We teach it three times a year. And we invite people to go on a journey to trust God with their money. And this is how simple the teaching is. I put a ladder on stage. And I say, the fact that you showed up at church today made you a potential giver. You can't be at Starbucks and say, I want to give unto the Lord. Miss Barista, can you kind of trust you to give this to God somehow? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. The place that you can give unto the Lord is church. So the fact that you showed up today is good news. You are now a potential giver to Jesus. What does that really translate to? You haven't given a dime. But potentially... You can give to God because you're in God's house to give. So we just say, I step on the ladder. You're here. You take it. And at the top of the ladder, we call it the blessed life, just like Robert Morris's book. Anybody's like, want to be blessed? Everybody. <laughs> well, just by coming to church, you are now stepping on a ladder to get to the blessed life, what we find in the Word of God. So then we just say, there's some in this room, and we say the next step, that you're an occasional giver. That means when you're at church and if you see some little baby from Haiti that we're giving money to, you feel a little tug on your heart, you elbow your spouse and say, put 20 bucks in. You occasionally give. But there's no consistency to it. If we don't put the little babies from Haiti on the camera, you're probably not going to give. You, if you don't hear some big, strong, motivational story to give, you're probably not going to give. You feel like, eh, my money, I might need it here, I might need it there. So, But occasionally, if pastor's really good today and they take the offering after he preaches... Maybe I will give. And we have a lot of those people. A lot of people can identify with, I came to service, I feel like I should give something because they don't have any other way to make money, so whatever their reason is, they'll throw some money in. Guilt for their sins, whatever. They will give. They're occasional givers, though. There is no commitment level to them. just happens when they feel like it. This is the stage that we ask, we challenge every person in our church to get to this stage coming up. It's called a faithful giver. And that is based on you setting up a percentage in recurring giving. It could be 0.5%. We have people set up $5 a month. Now, they're not tithing. They're not at the point, but they're getting closer to what the Bible defines as a blessed. This isn't my definition of a blessed life. This is the Bible's definition. And you, I mean, read Robert Morris's book. It is much more convicting, much more better at this than I am. But it is really motivating to say, God, it's not that you need our money. You want our obedience in our hearts. You want us to say, there's nothing I hold against you. And so we're challenging you to step. And I'm on a ladder on the stage saying, we want you to be a faithful giver. It could be 3%. 
I can give 20 bucks a month. I can give 50 bucks a week. I can give whatever it is. And we can set that up automatically to help you win, to get on this journey where now you're not poverty driven, but you're realizing that God is asking you to become a contributor, not just a consumer of his. The big word that we use a lot of times is how many of you are consuming and how many of us are willing to contribute. Go from a consumer to a contributor is one of the hardest steps, I believe, in new Christian's journeys. Because they're used to, oh, it's all about me and my forgiveness, and God loves me, and it's so good, it's all me, 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 me. And now he's saying, hey, I want you to turn and give that to a world around you. And we believe that's with your time, your talent, and your treasure. And so we challenge people to become faithful givers. The response is unbelievable. Because people want this. It's weird how much we don't think, oh, I don't know if people are going to be into this. People want this. They feel that level of conviction about, man, I'm just not winning in this area of my life. And they're giving me a step. They're giving me a clear path. We say in our church all the time, to be unclear is to be unkind. So we are being really clear. This is how you take your next step. Become a faithful giver. Now, the next step on the ladder is a tithe. We know that's 10%. I'm not here to argue if that's gross or income, just what do you want to be blessed on? Your gross or your return. And so we challenge people. And here's what I love. When I tell, and people are nervous. I, I'm not worried about heights, so I like getting up there being stupid while I preach. And so I'm up pretty high at this point. And I'm like, I want to speak. And this is where this is why we teach it three times a year. This is really important for you to get. I say to all of those who sign up to be a faithful giver last time we talked about this, wave at me. Right? There's a couple of people in a room waving at you. Right? You're like, hey, I got a question for you. Did the bottom fall out when you trusted God as a faithful giver? And all of them will say no. So if he can be proven who he is at that level, why can't he be proven by what his word says about tither? It's a powerful revelation for people. I have people, families, guys, they're making $100,000, $200,000. Setting up a faithful gift of 50 bucks a month. Like, Joker, you got it. Okay, but they're the lifestyle. They, they're overspending. They're not living within their means. You know, they, they don't know what to do. But now, three months ago, they heard this teaching, or four months ago, they heard this teaching, and they trusted and they signed up, right? And the bottom didn't fall out. And then I'm saying to every one of you faithful givers, take your next step on the ladder. Become a tither. This is what the word says. And I'm up there. And that is right there, the sweet spot of you fulfilling the vision that God put in your heart. Because now you're teaching your people clearly. If this is a, not just, hey, you should be a tithe because the Bible says that. To somebody under 40, you're like, I don't even, dude, when I look at my numbers, there's no way I can do that. But I bet you in a year after hearing this two or three times, you can. Mm-hmm. It's worth a year of my teaching. Three, no, I'm not talking about series, I'm just talking about a one time message from the platform. That's the only time we talk about giving on the platform. Three messages a year, just like that. And then the final step, and that's the top of the ladder, which everybody freaks out because I stand on it, is anybody who gives above 10%, we call them extravagant. You're an extravagant giver. You choose to give more than 10%. And I can't spell it from the film, but it's either. Remember, I got kicked out of high school. Um, we teach it. This is not trendy. This is not, well, some of these things will change. In a few, this, what I believe, is TNT tried and tested. This doesn't go away with a fad. This is a methodical approach to teaching clear. Now, how you ask people to do it, set up recurring, whatever, those things can change. 
This teaching doesn't change. And to clearly teach people step by step by step. Brad has some cards. This is what we seat drop. So we're going to give everybody one of them. Um, this is what people get on their seat. And we just say during these messages, if you want to take this step, fill out that card, walk into the lobby, and normally we give them a free gift. We always say we want to match your generosity with generosity. So we've got a church hoodie, we've got a hat, whatever it is your culture, a mug. So what it, it's just, it, it's, some people do, I just want that mug, so I'm going to go do this. But ultimately, we're getting you to take that step towards obedience. And we're helping you learn to trust God with your finances. And so the only change on there is we went from regular giver, if you look in that little blue where the ladder is, we changed that to faithful because I thought regular minimized it. I thought regular felt like, yeah, oh, you're just a regular giver. But then we really hit something. We said, it's a faithful giver. It's under 10%, but it's faithful. So that's the only, those are older cards. I won't give you the new ones because we got to use them. But, but the girls told me I could take these and give them away. They're <laughs> like, give them the old ones that we don't use them. Okay. Um, guys, we do that. And so one channel to teach how to set up recurring is from the pulpit this way. Okay. So that's this is one channel. This is not the only channel. This is one channel. The other channel is in our membership class. So I personally believe, and you can disagree, and that's fine. I personally believe that the right place to talk to someone about giving to your church in detail is when they're taking your membership class. When else is there an appropriate time? I don't personally believe Sunday morning is the right time to teach on giving a time. If my Sunday morning is built for people who need Jesus, I want to give them Jesus and salvation. And as they go deeper in our funnel of who we are, we're going to teach you how to become a giver. But on Sunday morning, I just feel like all you're doing is giving people who are looking for reason to have ammunition against you, ammunition against you. Oh, here they go, talking five minutes about money. Oh, go ahead. So you don't do the latter thing on Sunday That's three times a year. And we say this is one time, we, three times a year, we teach this. But on the weekends, it's a 60-second giving talk. And the 60 seconds is just teaching you how to text a gift. If you want to give today, and we just want to encourage you, if you want to give today, we believe the easiest way to do that is through text a gift. If you wrote a check or cash, great. And we want to thank, and we always do this in that 60 seconds. We want to thank everyone who signed up for recurring giving. You make this church possible. Great. Go to a video. They walk off stage. It's, it's like anybody who's going into church thinking, I'm waiting for them to drop the shoe about money. They go, that's it? That's the only talk about money, and the whole thing is this quick little way how to do it. And then, they, and then people come and say, how do you pay for this place? Because <laughs> they're so conditioned to think they're going to get this really heavy teaching on giving, or they're going to get their arm twisted, like Paul says, don't give if someone's twisting your arm. So Sunday morning, my belief, and you can disagree, and that's totally okay. My belief is Sunday morning is built for salvation, worship, and celebration. And then we get into our membership class, which we call Next, Join the Family. Once they take next, that's where it's going to be rubber meet the road accountability. So, this is where it gets a little dicey. If you want to join our church and you are above 18 years of age, you're an adult, we have to, to accept you to join our church family, have three criteria that you have to meet. If you, and I have 500 people volunteering for me, I have 500 members, as a member, here's what you have to do. You have to commit to coming weekly, which I understand, vacations and sickness. But if you ever wake up on a Sunday morning and look at your spouse and say, should we go to church today? You shouldn't join this church. Yeah. It's a heart condition for me. I'm not keeping attendance. Like, hey, uh, uh, 
So I was going to guess that. I was going to say Sarah. It's like prophetic of me. I was going to, hey Sarah, uh, we've been looking at our records and uh, you missed two weeks in a row. Can you explain yourself to us? We don't do that. That's not what we're doing. But if you ever wake up on a Sunday morning and you look at your spouse or you, you're talking to your roommate and you're like, I don't know if I should go to church today. You shouldn't be a part of this family. Because we want to celebrate together. Families want to party. Healthy families party together. And our Sunday morning we party together. So right off the bat, the first commitment that you make is saying, I'm going to commit that I'm going to want to be here weekly. Okay, cool. Everybody agrees with that. Yeah, I get it. Sure. Secondly, is we expect you to serve monthly. So if you're going to be a family member, you're going to be a member of our church, you have to serve within a month. The month of September, we expect you to serve at least one time. We believe the sweet spot is you serve twice a month. At most, three times a month. We have planning centers set up that blocks any of our schedulers from scheduling somebody every week of the month. Somebody can only be scheduled three times a month. And if they get scheduled again, it blocks the scheduler from being able to block them. Because I will not have people serve every week. Because I think, it's, I think it becomes a job. And it's no longer about family. They're, now they're only, their identity of churches, I have to go work. And I just don't believe that's healthy. That's my opinion. That's, you know, I'm not saying ask for yours. I'm just saying it's what we do. And the final commitment you make, you're going to attend weekly, you're going to serve monthly, and you're going to give regularly. If you want to join our church, this is the major commitment you're making. And here's what we do. This is where it gets rubber to the road. We have already audited. So if you sign up for our, 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 our great sign up to join our church. Our administrators have already pulled Greg's file from Planning Center, and they have identified Greg's giving pattern. If Greg has gaps in his giving pattern, Greg cannot join our church without signing up for recurring giving. Because he's proven he doesn't know how to be faithful without yet. But if Greg for six months has given Greg on the money, he gives, he's healthy, it's there. Monthly, he's given something for six months. Greg doesn't want to sign up for recurring? You don't have to. Because you've proven that you are someone who can manage this with no need for a discipline. But here's the reality. Most people do not have the discipline to give regularly. And I'm talking about white hairs to millennials. <laughs> Just being real. It blew my mind when I surveyed 500 people in our church and how few of them gave consistently. I was failing them as their pastor. I was not holding accountability in people that said, I want to be a member of this church. Now, if you just want to attend our church, we're not forcing you to give anything. We're not actually, we're, we're, you can count for five years and never give a dime and say, hey, it's so great that you fill a seat in our church every week. God bless you. But the day you want to be accountable and join our church family, we are now saying we are going to hold a level of accountability. And it's not zeroing on any one of you. It's across the board. It's clear and it's actually kind. Versus, well, we're going to make an exception for you, an exception for you, an exception for you. We have had we have a Dream Center campus. Anybody know what the LA Dream Center is? So we have a campus in downtown that is hood, hood, hood. Every one of their volunteers is on this. We have people. We'll prepay a card $30 and sign them up for six months as we're looking for a job for them to help them get in their life. And we'll sign up their prepaid card. I have campus pastors who buy prepaid cards to get guys on recurring giving and say, I'm going to start your first three months, but we got to find a job in three months. This is not like, well, we just want money. We want to teach you a healthy biblical practice. We want you to know what it feels like to be a giver, not just a taker. And someone did you wrong. My wife grew up in church. I didn't. I was a youth pastor, not tithing. Because I did not get taught 
biblical principle on how to give. My wife grew up where every time she got her $2 allowance, what did she have to do? Got to get her little 20 cents. Got to go to kids' church. Got to put her little 20 cents in. So when we got married, I remember, I'll never forget how humiliated I am. I'm a youth pastor. I married. I was a single youth pastor. Married my wife. She married me. And like, it, was like, it was like a Princess Diana moment for our little church. You know, like youth pastors get married with his new wife, right? And um, not new wife, but his only wife. <laughs> and um, I remember we, we talked about our budget. And she said, hey, so um, like, when do you want me to write our tithe check? And I had to tell her I've never really... Re- I give sometimes. I think it adds up to a tithe. But it wasn't. I was 24 years old. And I remember her saying to me, we're going to tithe as a family. And it was like, I felt guilty, but also free. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like ashamed, but I also felt like, this is healthy. And we've gone on that journey ever since. And so for those... So for Kirk at our Dream Center campus, who's 42 years old, who's been living off the government, who's not got a job, that Nathan, our campus pastor, is working with. He wanted to serve so much that we preloaded a card for him to get him five bucks a month over the course of three or four months. And now Kurt tells Nathan about three weeks ago, do you realize I got a job? And the first thing he said is, I cannot wait to sign up my own true recurring, not just the prepaid card you gave me. We didn't tell him to say that, but we gave him a chance. So for anybody who says, well, they only let you serve if you give, we will bend over backwards to help you on this journey. So the second way that someone really, really the sweetest way that we teach people that I feel like is the healthiest is the sit down. And when they become a volunteer, that's about an application like anyone does. And we already know if Greg has given or not. And most times we don't have to have a conversation because Greg will just sign up in the process of turning his application. Here is my giving portion of my application. And then we process it, and then Greg is now an active family member, contributing and also getting consumption of what we offer as a church. And we have certain perks that only family members get. That's not this session. But the idea is nobody out of 500 volunteers, every badge I see on Sunday morning, I know they're a giver. I know that they are part of this vision, even if it's five bucks a month. And I can live with that because they're faithful. We're teaching them. Go on a journey. Trust the process. One of our promises as a church is we let you start where you are. Wherever you are, we let you start there. But don't stop where you are. And so we just go on that journey. So in the third lane, and then I'll take questions if you guys have any, um, is we offer a financial freedom assessment. When we do our giving talk, it sounds something like this. Hey, real quick, we want to let you know if you want to give today, text to give. Here's the information. We want to thank everyone who is a recurring giver. You make this church possible. Thank you very much. And while we're talking, if you feel uncomfortable because you don't know how to win with your money, you are feeling stressed because you don't know how to navigate where you're at, write the word freedom on your Connect card, and one of our financial freedom assessment coaches will contact you this week to help you start winning with your money. We do two one-on-one, this is family and a coach, financial freedom assessments a week in our church. We do about 100 families a year. Now we sit down with a book we designed that goes fill in the blanks. It's a, it's a version of a Dave Ramsey approach to helping people win with their money. 
and we set them up on a three-day, 30-day, and three-month goal with the coaches texting them every time they hit a mile marker, encouraging them to continue. And part of that is, do you want to sign up to start giving to the Lord now because you learn what God says about your life in this? These happen off. They're not on Sunday morning. They're happening during the week with families, and we are committed to help people win with their money. And then they fill out, many of them will fill out a testimonial story. We will share those stories with the church, saying this is not just some nice thing. We are literally helping change lives with people who are in debt, $30,000 in credit card. They're just going through it. We're, just, we're not just saying we, have, we want something from you. We're saying we have something for you. And so these are the lanes that we built from having minimal recurring giving to more than 60% of our church in 12 months. And the good news is, if you want, how many financial freedom assessments do we have? Let's see if we have a few of them. I can also email you this, too. I can email you our, our financial freedom assessment booklet. Um, I can give you guys everything. You can have everything. <laughs> and if you want it, you can just have We had to work really hard to create it and figure this out and map it out. You can just throw your logo on it and drop them on your seats or do whatever else you guys want to do. So this is the journey we've been on. Um, it's probably not perfect. I'm sure there's holes in it, but it's working, and we're seeing lives transform financially. And like I originally said, there are people then that eventually will transition to another church. I have a story of a, a girl, Katie, that just left our church three weeks ago. She got a job in Branson, Missouri, right next to Springfield, the mecca of Assemblies of God. She's working for a radio station. She moved. She's hugging us, crying. Oh, man, I'm so upset. I don't want to leave our church. I know. We don't want you to leave either. Don't take that job. It's the devil. Stay here with us. Right? Great volunteer. Great family member. Great. And it's like, why do the good ones? There's some crazy ones I like to get a job in France and Missouri. She's not one. One of our photographers on the weekend, she's just, she's stellar. Well, my one friend, um, Michael, is a, a pastor in Branson, uh, Bloom Church, phenomenal church. Love those guys. I coach them. I, I'm invested in them. She goes, I'm going to go to Bloom Church because I know you're really connected with the pastor. I said, that's awesome. That's great. She showed up there. She'd been there for three weeks. Michael's already called me, the pastor. He goes, how much money do I need to send you for this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful volunteer? I go, she already, he goes, dude, she's already signed up for recurring giving. She's already served. She's taking photos next weekend at our church. She's amazing. I go, I know. I know. And it made me think, this is why you do this this way, because you are helping the church, not just the movement, be better for a new generation to step in and say, we're not going to, you know, she could have showed up and said, well, serve me and woo me into your church and maybe I'll come to it. She showed up because she said, I know what it's like. I've been a part of a church that's great and I want to be a part of a church that's great. And I know what it costs them for greatness. And that costs my recurring, my servanthood, my faithfulness. So she got right in. Now, I'm still praying that that job goes away and she has to move back. I'm sorry I'm doing that, but I am. But I thought to myself, that's what we want to see happen. Is people get excited when a movement person shows up at their church for whatever reason. It's valuable, not just, well, are they they helping me or not? So... That's what I got. Does anybody have any thoughts or questions they want to communicate or talk? Yeah, sure. When credit cards expire, how do you deal with that? We have a great system for that. So you're able to run with – so if you use Planning Center, so I don't know which mechanism you guys will use. We use Planning Center because their dashboard to see everything is phenomenal for recurring giving. It's super user-friendly. 
I am not techie. I do not. I am not good at technology, and it makes sense to me. And that's like like a caveman understanding how to use a computer. They have Stripe, who is who they do their processing with. Yes. Stripe will run a report every week for us. We just we just plug it in and hit play. It produces a report of declined recurring. We'll get anywhere from seven to ten. Majority of them are expired cards. Some are insufficient funds. So when someone's in insufficient fund, we offer financial freedom assessment to them. Hey, we're not mad at you. We're not judging you. We don't, we get it. Life is tough. Have you taken a financial freedom assessment yet? No. We, we didn't want anybody to know. I get it. But let us help you. Let's get you back on track. That's why the financial freedom assessment, what, I only have three of them. Yeah, three. Sorry, y'all. I wasn't thinking about this. But this is basically what it looks like. And uh, we can email everybody a digital copy of it. But um, not only does it have, um, like, it's got, like, my wife and I's story about how I started trusting God with tithing. And then it just goes through sessions. What does God really say about money? Fill in the blanks. Session two is another story of a couple in our church. Breaking the chains of debt. And then we go through a snowball debt with them. Session three, another story. The budget becomes a boss. My wife and I's favorite line to each other is, the budget's the boss, not you. So, and learning how to do that, you know. And then working through this workbook of teaching people, it takes about two hours to sit down with somebody to do this. And we always provide child care for anybody that needs child care while that's happening. Session four, and this is a single guy who paid off his house in a couple years. Um, what do I do after this meeting? And that's a punch of three days, 30 days, three months. So I can make this available for anybody who wants something. Um, so if they decline for insufficient, we offer them financial freedom assessment. If it's a card, we, we'll do it over the phone because we can do it with planning center. Like we can do it for them. And we're like, cool, if you want, I can fix it right now so you don't have to get on. I mean, it's, it's almost like a service that we provide with some of our people. And they're like, okay, sure, give me the number. And my campus pastors, majority with some of their admin, manage those phone calls. And then what they do ask, they say, do you want to keep your giving on track? Do you want me to process a one-time gift or what decline? And almost everybody says, Absolutely. Like, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I plan on it coming out. I just didn't realize my card expired. You know? So we say, do you want me to do a one-time transaction to keep you on track with your giving for the year? And if they say, no, fine. It's reset up. Cool. Almost everybody says, oh, yeah. Because they, were, they weren't thinking their card expired. Now, for an insufficient, we don't say that. We say, let's get you to financial freedom. And it will tell you, card expired or insufficient in the little category. So you don't even have to guess. There's no charge for that, though. It's, it's just a report. It's a report they can do. No, I mean the, like... If they were to check and it's insufficient, the bank charges you. They might charge them personally. That's between them and their banker. But that doesn't charge the no, church. No, we don't get any fees on least, least that I'm aware of. I mean, I would, I, I think they would have brought that to my attention, but it's never been told to me. But there's a fee involved in that. The only fee we pay is the 2.5% transaction fee from Stripe. And that's it's 2.5%? I'm pretty sure it's 2.5%. And there might be a 20 cent every transaction. But once again, you can add that. For me, it's like... $20,000, a year in fees. But I am telling you, you are leaving money on the table if you want to do check and cash only. You are leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars of people who just will. They, people will do this. Oh, we forgot our time again. It was on the refrigerator, and we meant to bring it, and we forgot it. And you're not going to come here when we can give it to you. They're going to, like, well we'll, well, we'll get it next week, right? And then, oh, the kid got sick. We need to go to church next week. And then sooner or later, that money got spent. They're like, we'll just make up for it at some point. This is not, like, a hypothetical. This is normal. This way, you are leaving. So, and, I, and listen, I'm not money hungry. 
I'm vision hungry for what God wants to do in our community. And I just realized I can't do it for free. I tried to call the electric company and explain to them, we're doing such a good work in this area. Is there any way that I cannot pay this bill? And their answer has been no every single time. So if one of you figure out how to do this without money, you teach a lot of sessions. I'll pay you all the money I have to show me how to do that. But I've realized that if we want this thing to work, we've got to fund the vision God's given us. And it shouldn't be funded through hoping on Sunday morning some visitors are going to give you money. It should be built on the backs of the members of the church. That's my opinion. So, yeah, I know that for us, we're a church of under 100. Um, we use planning center giving as well with, with Stripes. So if someone's thinking, well, that's a big church. No, it's, no. We do $77 a month from checking kids in to giving to... Yeah. You know, all that other stuff. And it's um, based on the size of your church, Yes, too. yes. Uh, but we have found, and, you know, of course, because, you know, um, fees for our budget and fees for your budget are different. So we have encouraged our people to do ACH, which is a quarter. Yeah. And there's no risk for the... Um, ACH is an automatic bank withdrawal, not a credit card. Correct. Yeah. yeah, 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 you know. And in that way, you're not going to have the decline card situation. Some people won't do that, and that's fine, but we encourage them to because it's 25 cents. Versus $1.85. I'll tell you the truth. Most people, though, in your service, if they're going to do a, if you're going to do a seat drop like this, they won't know their HCH numbers. Like, I don't know mine. Yeah. But I can do this, right? I pull out my credit card and fill in the blank and then go, here you go. Some people transfer over to ACH. Once, we'll send out an email every once in a while and say, hey, if you want to, switch over and do it from the comfort of your home. We might get 10, 20 Changes, which you're right, it does help with the fees. Yeah. To me, I just view the fees as a necessary evil yeah. to accomplish what I have to do. So I'm not going to, I just don't sweat. I don't let that be the biggest thought in my head. Yeah, the biggest you know, thought in my head is the win of people giving yeah, and yeah, giving to the Lord. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're not going to people that do credit cards and say, hey, switch. Yeah. It's just, if you could, yeah. try ACH. We'd it's good. It. It's really good. Anybody else have any thoughts? So as far as, this is, I guess, this, I'm thinking strategy here for passing a bucket. You guys pass a bucket? No, we have a million centers in the back of our building. Okay. Because to me, like, you know, our church, we still pass a bucket, and I think that's one of the most uncomfortable parts of church. Right. And, and so, for as far if the if the if the goal is to boost recurring giving, that kind of almost forces it. But do you ever see? Have you have you done that? Did you do that from the beginning? The non-passing. We tried bucket when we were down. When we were like a church that looked like a church of four hundred in giving, yeah. we were trying everything. Okay. We're like, maybe we got to pass buckets. Maybe people just don't get the giving center option. Yeah. So then we switched from this really non-aggressive giving church to like we started feeling really aggressive as a giving church. It didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. It really didn't do that much for us. If anything, we were really upsetting the people right. that were like, I like this church because it was so hands-off on giving. And now you guys are being really hands-on on giving, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we're like, man, we're changing our identity to try to raise money. And I just don't like the way that feels. So we, 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 we have just realized, last winter we had a bad snow day, and we were really growing our giving, and everything was going good with the three recurring. I never forget feeling so good when I woke up saying, as much as it's going to stink that the room's going to be half full, I'm really excited. That we're not going to have to live on this half the budget. Half the budget. Oh, yeah. I don't have to tell my employees yeah. you're not getting paid, or hey, everybody just not cash that check for a couple days, or something stupid. It's like we set it so that our payroll. We we break our church budget into three P's: payroll, properties, programs. Programs is what we do. Payroll is who does it, and properties is where we do it. And when when we're able to cover payroll and programs with automated giving, I'm sorry, payroll and uh, properties with automated giving. 
It's like, okay, if we can't get things down, well, we're just going to do less stuff. But the people we need to operate this thing and the places we're in, I mean, two out of three of my campuses are rent. They're not owned buildings. So I got to pay rent, you know? And it just makes me sleep better at night. Larry Osborne, who maybe many of you know, City Church, Larry coached me for a year. It was a great year of my life. And the number one thing I remember from my coaching with Larry, every month we got on the phone, he would talk to me about cash and money. And he would say to me, he's not a money guy, but he would say, because that was one of my big stressors, trying to figure out how to navigate where we were financially. He said, cash is better than your mama in a crisis. <laughs> because when you've got your mama, she can hug you, but you still can't sleep at night. <laughs> but when you got cash, you can go to sleep at night knowing we can survive this crisis. And it's just true. It's just it, We found that to be true. Not that we're money hungry, but you've got to put something aside. And it's good to have automated that you know is guaranteed coming in. So your giving center, do people go to that during the service then or after no. service? It's always after. Do you have kiosks there? No. So just a drop in. Texting. Because here's my thing. All those other staff are really complicated. We say we want them to, if they want to give through a credit card, the fastest way to do that is text and give. That's just the bottom line. There's no faster way no, fill out a card, anything like that. We don't even have digital, like, like the, like, write your stuff down on our envelopes. If someone has cash, they know what they're doing. They're taking cash out, putting it in an envelope, dropping it off. If they have a check, nobody carries a checkbook around anymore. Nobody goes, I feel like giving today. <laughs> our church told us. Well, okay. But what I'm trying to say is very few people are carrying a checkbook. They, if they're going to write a check, most people already came predetermined with that check. The only thing I really got to teach you is text to give. That's like the only credit way we do it. And then we just like, hey, man, just drop. If you have real physical stuff, drop it on a giving center on your way out. We don't even remind them to do it in the service. We just know it's self-explanatory. Us over-explaining it is a fear that people won't do it. That's the truth. So people are smart. They can figure this stuff. I mean, people go to our hub, our information center. If they didn't get it, they're like, where do I take this? They're like, we'll just take it. We'll just put it in the giving center on the way out. You know, so like, if somebody really wants to give, they will find somebody to give their giving to. I've been at a restaurant with people, eating with someone else. And someone comes up to their table and goes, I'm really sorry. Pastor, I won't be here this weekend. Is there a way that you can put my tie in? Drug deal going on. You know, and so people that want, they're like, no, no, get we're trying to overcome. We're trying to over talk about it because we're hoping it's going to convince somebody. And it's like it's not. It's, if anything, it's going to give that critic, that cynic person that their wife drugged the church, the end of saying, "That's why I don't want to go to that church." Because all I remember is they talked about money the whole time, and you only did it for five minutes. But to them, that was the meat they needed to give some smoke train to not come back to church. So we just don't give it to them. You can find another reason to hate us. It ain't gonna be about money. <laughs> it could be about how inappropriate I am. It could be whatever. And it ain't gonna be about money. So, hey, I saw another. Go ahead. Uh, what's what kind of emphasis is given to if you're paying by credit card, pay it off every month? I, I we don't really talk about that at all. Um, most people, it's their debit card. Um, some people, I'm sure, it's a credit card. Like mine. So, like we're in a building campaign, so we ask everybody to consider increasing the recurring for it for one year. So, my wife and I increased ours 400 a month to give on top of to our. Um, building project, right? Well, that is actually going to my credit card because I've got a great point card and I pay off my credit card every month. So to me, I want to get the points 
to get some cash back. Right. Uh, I'm just working the system that's in front of me, you know? So, but I have not ever found, we have not had an instant yet where someone's like, I backed out my credit card because I gave something to the church. We just haven't crossed that. And if we would, we would tell them to go to financial freedom because you really don't know what, you're not really giving your money, you're giving the bank's money. Yeah. Is there a way we can give you our email to get that? Absolutely. Um, Brad can probably find a piece of paper somewhere in there and, and give you that, you know. So. Doug, could we get your stuff? Yeah, you can get my email. You can get my cell phone number, too, if you want it. Just don't text me, like, crazy. <laughs> um, like, don't call me, because I'll just be like, why are you calling me right now? Uh, 330-979-1440. That's my personal text. So if you just text me your name and your number, what church you're with, I'll save it. And then you got questions, shoot me a text. If you want email stuff, I can get it to you too. And um, yeah, I mean, somebody will get it to you. I mean, I'll do my best, but I, I barely can figure out how to log on to an email. Um, so Brad has some stuff that he'll try to try to hook you guys up with. Any other questions? Yeah, go ahead, sir. How long did uh, you do in a service the ladder? Um, how long do you take? When I teach it, so my my standard teaching time is about twenty five minutes, and so it is worked into whatever message. Like our message is built around the ladder, and it normally takes me about ten minutes of the teaching time to work through the ladder. Um, I'm going to tell you. I know it sounds really trivial, but if you just attach a hoodie from your church or a T-shirt or some tangible gift, and the way we justify that is we say we want to match your generosity with generosity in return. So we just want to give it to you for free just for signing up today. We have done so I did a, I did a, I did one time with the giving ladder I did a message called Starbucks is ruining my stewardship where I'm I'm forfeiting my stewardship to Starbucks because I added up that I was giving to a coffee shop more money than I was should have been given. And so I, I on stage I had a, a you know a draped a draped table, and I said, I'm going to teach some of you that are under 30, you've never seen this before, but it's going to change your life. You ready? And I pulled out of the coffee maker underneath it, a home <laughs> coffee maker. I said, we bought one of these things. And it pre-programs to make my coffee for me in the morning. I wake up to the smell of coffee. Everyone older is laughing. They're talking like, the younger people are like, what is it? Talking? I go, this machine right here will change your life for those of you who go to Starbucks every day. Because <laughs> you're spending four dollars plus to get a drink. That joker I'm getting for like four cents. <laughs> so what we did for everyone who signed up that day is we gave them coffee makers. Every person got a coffee maker. It cost me like thirty bucks a coffee maker. But I felt like it was an investment to them, and it made sense to the message that we talked about that day. You know, and we had a, our own church bug, and we threw a pound of coffee from, we're, we're part of a mission group with Haiti that does coffee for them. We put their coffee in it. We get, it was this whole package deal. It was like a little mini one, like a little one thing like that. Got them on Amazon, you know. But all in, it cost me like $30 a person. Now, I had 100 families sign up that day. So it cost me, whatever that cost me, $3,000. But when we added up how much it was, it was $85,000 in recurring giving. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is what the business world does. They're brilliant at this. And church were terrified to do it. it. And I get it. It might feel like this is not what I normally think like. But I'm trying to connect to people. Now, I have people on their little social medias do stories about their coffee maker. And they're like, this is my coffee maker. It's changed my life. <laughs> my challenge was add up what you do at Starbucks and give that unto the Lord. And let this be your replacement. And I'm going to help you out. Change life. I, we did it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, me and my wife always gave uh, like a, a tithe yeah. and uh, missions giving every yeah. two weeks after we got our checks. But uh, here um, I had a few stocks, and since President Trump became president, the stocks have skyrocketed. So Amen. I set up um, with our church administration uh, to give stocks to the church. If I had sell the stocks, I'd have to pay tax. Well, sure. Capital yeah. gains. So yeah. I give it to the church. They get that extra increase. Mm -hmm. And um, it goes through the bank that the church deals with. And, and so I've given already just one stock and it covers me for the rest of the year. Awesome. For, for this Are you year. looking for a tricky young sound? But uh, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that. That uh, you know, some people not not not, yeah. not everybody has stocks, but it's, yeah. you know, the stocks have really gone up lately. And, uh, so, Absolutely, I mean, that's that's another. Avenue. I love that. It's very creative. I love yeah. that. Anybody else have any thoughts, questions, anything? I really appreciate y'all's time. If you want to talk to me after, I'll be here for the next 20, 30 minutes. We can chit chat and. Um, Appreciate it. I think we're right on time.